Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to this sermon. We pray that this blesses and encourages you. Here's the message. That is pretty spot on. So funny. And I love that. And that is all. How good is that? I wanted to show you that because they say you become who you hang around, right? Um, so now we're all going to be looking at, the, at people, owners walking their dogs and just looking at the similarities. But I tell you, you will see them, right? And, and if you don't see it, one day it will happen. Um, it's interesting. Um, but it's true. Birds of a feather flock together. I mean, you become who you hang around. Is that not the truth? You know, if you're hanging around someone who's negative or you know, um, who is just um, someone who really is, you know, in just not a great place in life, then you will find yourself um, coming down to that level. And I'm not saying that all of us just try and find our own people. I think um, it's important to hang around with people who not just are stronger than you, but get around someone who you can be stronger for, you know. And so it's true, they say that the blinds leading the blinds, they will both fall into the ditch, correct? So this becoming, it's interesting because when we said our vows to each other, um, it was a beautiful day, our wedding was amazing, but when we, uh, towards the end of the day, it's not that I felt anything different. It, it was just like, you know, we, you know, it was exciting and we'd said our vows to God, but, but there's something in not just um, being, but becoming, you know, so when we said our vows to each other, you know, we'll be, you know, the two flesh become one. In that moment, there was, it, it, the more I hang around him and the more I spend time with him is the more I will become like him. So um, it's interesting, the become in the word of God actually means this. It means to pass from one state to another to enter into some state or condition by a change from another state or condition or by assuming or receiving new properties, qualities or new character. So I actually didn't realize that I was entering a covenant where I was going to become like him. You're like, yeah, but shouldn't you be more like Jesus? Yes, but I want to open this up because in marriage, we know that God says in Matthew 19, 5, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Say one flesh. So God no longer sees us in our own right. He sees us as a partnership. That is how God sees us. Matthew 19, 6, so they no, no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not men separate. You know, I was, it's interesting, but the Bible says it's important when you leave, when you leave your parents, you leave your mother and your father, you have to leave to cleave. And a lot of, a lot of people in the world today, they may be married, but they're still holding on. They're still partnered with, with what was, their family. And um, there's nothing wrong with family. God loves family. He is for family. But there's something about a spiritual covering, a spiritual headship that God ordains that we would not walk alone, but we would be joint in partnership. Is that making sense? So it's, we're not doing a marriage series. It's okay. I'm going to get there. I want to talk today about God's union with us as the body of Christ. 
You know, Jesus, who is the head of the church, he calls the church the bride. Come on, we are sitting as a bride today. And he's coming back for his bride without spot or blemish. He's coming back for a church that's ready, ready to be welcomed, ready to be greeted, ready to become one with our bridegroom, right? So he calls himself the bridegroom. We are the bride, and he's gonna, there's going to be a, a celebration in heaven. There's going to be a supper. There's going to be a marriage when we get there where the, it's like the church and himself will come together, which is so exciting. Are you excited about that? So I want to open up this scripture today. You can open your Bible to John chapter 17, verse 16. John chapter 17 in the New Testament. Come on, we can turn there. I'm going to read just a bit before. Okay. This is in red. Jesus is saying, he's saying, I've got to go, but but even though I'm going, it doesn't mean I'm not with you because I'm going to send a helper. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to not just comfort you and be your helper, but to be one with you, with you. I'm going to open this up. Here it says, Jesus says, I, verse 15, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Come on, that's God's heart. God's heart is not that we would um, evacuate, but we would invade. It's not about running. It's about invading, knowing that we have have all we need. I do, okay, here we go, verse 16. They are not of this of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be one as you, Father, are in me, I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Come on, do you feel one with God today? Do you feel one with Jesus today? Okay, good. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and, they, that, and have loved them as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also... Um, that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they behold my glory which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known you that have sent me. I have declared to them your name and I will declare it that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. So Jesus is talking about bringing together not just the church, not just the saints, but he's bringing together a holy people of God who would walk in unity, in union with our heavenly father. Now, it's interesting because life gets tough, life gets lonely, life gets isolated, but, but we can come in and out. We can com- 
compartmentalize our relationship with God so we can have church on Sunday, we can have Bible reading time, we can have prayer time, we can have fellowship time, but we're not meant to come in and out of being one with him. You know, if I said, Caleb, I'll see you in a week, catch you later. I can't do that anymore because I am one with him. It's the same in our relationship with God. God, Jesus came into the world to bring the Father's heart to the world, right? And he joined us to him. So we are one with him. How exciting is that? When I worship today, I am reminded that we may be worshiping um, heavenward, but heavenward is worshiping earthward. Is that a word? Earthward. I like that. It is a word. You know, there's something about practically becoming, learning the Bible, reading about Jesus, understanding him, but there's something about a spiritual becoming. He's called the church to know him, for the world to know who Jesus is through our life. If we aren't representing Jesus, then he's saying the world will not know who I am. So we have to represent Jesus in the fullness of who he is. It's, it's a huge commission to the church, to the people of God. You know, that's why he says it's not easy. Take heart. You're going to have trials in the world. People are going to come against you. You're going to be persecuted for your faith. How can we expect to be persecuted if we aren't living for him? If you're not feeling any sort of persecution in your life right now, it means that you are not one with him. Is that true? It's true. To be one with him, he says, when I was in the world, no one liked me. They persecuted me. So we, and I understand our heart is, we want to be loved. We want to be embraced. We want to be valued. But Jesus said, if the world didn't like me, why are they going to like you? I mean, the message we carry is powerful because it's true. It goes against any standard in society. And here we are trying to fit in with the world and fit in with the people of God. It doesn't work. It doesn't. We need to make a stand for righteousness, even if it means that, I, that I, I have limited friends or whatever it may be. You may think of even your job. Well, what if I can't get that promotion? But are we doing it for him or are we doing it for ourselves? Our God, with him we lack nothing. And I was thinking about this. The church needs to be united now, more now than ever before. If there's division in the church and there's I in the church, then the, I tell you what, Miles will not be here. The church is meant to be united more now than ever before. Listen to this. In 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10, Paul's saying, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. It doesn't get much more oneness than that. United in mind and thought. Church, are we united in mind and thought today? Are we? 
The only way we can become united in mind and thought is to hang around one another a little bit more. We don't like to hear that one because we've got like time, right? Commitments, right? I'm busy, right? But, but the church is meant to be together, one in mind and thought. God is so good. You know, I grew up thinking when the word said to not be unequally yoked, I don't know why I thought that had something to do with eggs. I don't know. I grew up a pastor's kid. You know, some things you read in the Bible, you take it literally, and you're like, you know, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So I'm thinking, you know, my egg cracks, this egg cracks, don't let them touch, you know. That's what I thought until I studied the Word of God and I realized that a yoke is actually very different to what I thought. A yoke is something, it goes between two cattle. So you can have like a a cow here and a cow here and a yoke is something that connects their necks together. How interesting, so different to what I thought. And what what this word is saying is don't be unyoked, don't be unequally yoked, which means if you're yoking yourself to a sheep, right, it's going to be very hard for you both to go together in unity, for you both to carry the load together. And when you picture it like that, it's the same with us as the body of Christ, as the church. Who are you yoking yourself to? You know, who are you yoking yourself to? It's so important that as the church, we yoke ourselves to each other. Because we're meant to be in one mind, in one thought, moving toward the high calling that God has for us. Is that not what this is all about? For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? And what fellowship has light with darkness? You know, there's a message that Jesus is trying to get across to the church because we all want to be liked, we all want to be popular, we all want to be loved by the world, you know, post a photo and see how many likes I get, but it's not about us and what we desire, it is about giving glory to our King Jesus Christ in every single thing that we do, because that is how he gets the glory. God is amazing. In this oneness, this partnership together as the church. You know, I was thinking about it because maybe you're in here today and you're visiting and you don't feel one with the church because you're just visiting. Maybe you've been here for many years and you still don't feel connected or one with the vision or one with with the mission of the church. And, you know, you just come and you go and you come and you go. But as I was thinking about what it means to become one, it takes time to become really one with God. I know that we are seated in heavenly places with him right now we are one with him but as far as the likeness goes I tell you it's a journey you know a couple of weeks ago I said when you look in the mirror did you say gee I'm looking like you today God no we don't it's a journey of sanctification where he makes us like him you know as we're singing that song he is holy he is holy I was standing in worship in a holy moment with God and I was just thinking, Father, I'm so thankful today that I'm saved by grace. 
Because sometimes we don't feel worthy. Sometimes we feel undeserving. Sometimes we feel like, like God is too holy for us to even come into that moment with him. But then Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Bakali, you, you're bringing a message today about becoming one. Why are you feeling like this? And it's because we move from the flesh to the spirit, flesh to the spirit, flesh to the spirit. But God's calling his people to live by the Spirit, to walk by faith and not by sight. We're no longer led by our feelings. We are led by the truth. Amen? Come on, what truth are you standing on today? Are you standing on the Word of God? Are you standing on this? This isn't sinking sand. This is solid ground. And when we stand upon the Word of God, praise God that we are standing on a firm foundation. You know, you just got to turn on the news today to see the world is out of control. You know, I hear people say conversations, you just hear them, you know, people talking, and you just hear them say, you know, oh, the world is so bad, isn't it? The world is really bad and it's getting worse. And these are unbelievers. You know, for, for us who are believers, who know the truth, who know the way, I tell you what, praise God that we have this truth that we hold on to. You know, Romans 8, 9, it says this, that you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. In fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. That's interesting. Because John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him, come on, you know it, would not perish but have everlasting life. Okay. So God loves the world. But this is telling us today that anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Hmm. Wow. Is that speaking to you today? It's dropping for me today because God's love is that big. We can't even fathom. He says his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. God loves the world. But the message is in the whoever. So we love quoting, for God so loved the world that whoever believes, but it's for the whoever believes. In me. Do you believe in Jesus today? Do you believe in his word today? Come on, do you believe that God saved you, that he loves you, and you have a place where he's taking you? You know, I think about the sinner that was on the cross, the criminal right next to Jesus as he was hanging there. And Jesus hanging there, he didn't deserve to be on that cross. And I'm sure the conversations they were having up there as they were talking, one of the criminals said, you shouldn't be here. And they're talking and they're talking And in that moment, he knew that Jesus was not meant to be on the cross. He'd never said a bad word, never had a bad thought. He was pure. He was God. Yet they crucified him as a criminal. Think about that. And in that moment of decision, 
he, he decided to believe in the Messiah. He started to believe that Jesus was who he said he was. And then Jesus looked over at him and he said, today you will be in paradise with me. I'm sure his life didn't live up to the standard of deserving eternity. But are you thankful today that whoever believes in him would not perish? I am so thankful today for that. Because sometimes our life will bring us to a crossroad, a point in life where you question, how did I get here? Why did I do that? Why did I make that decision? Why did I marry myself and partner myself to those things, those people in life? But God gets us to a crossroad where we decide, do we believe in who he says that he is? It's so important we remember that because it can, we can make it about works and how long we've known him or what we've done for him. But it's in that moment of decision where Jesus was hanging on the cross and the criminal next to him looked over and went, I believe in you. And in that moment of belief, he was united with Christ. So powerful. His whole life, he was disconnected. It says here, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. The criminal did not belong to him. He lived his life out of the lust, out of the flesh. But in that moment of decision when he decided to believe and put his trust in Jesus, walking by faith, I'm sure as he was hanging there, he thought, I've got a couple of minutes before I take my last breath. I'm just going to just take a chance on Jesus today. And Jesus' response wasn't, I'm sorry. You've lived a life without me. It's too late. He said, today you will be in paradise with me. Wow, what a God that we serve. A God of the second and third and fourth chance. Our God is a merciful God. He's a God of empathy. He will put himself in our place because he understands. It's the reason why Jesus came. You know, you think about the fall of man, Adam and Eve. We know what happened. They were led into temptation. If I was God, I would have just wiped the earth then and there and gone, oh, take two. But we know that Jesus came as the second Adam. He came and walked blameless and walked as God on this earth to bring us back into unity with our creator. Do you feel close with your creator today? Do you feel close with your maker today? As I was in worship, that song came to me. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Who woke you up today? Was it your alarm? I slept through my alarm today. I nearly didn't make it to church. Caleb looked over and went, Kalia, 7.40, you've got to get up. I said, do you think it can just go on without me? (laughs) Ye of little faith. Caleb rebuked me and said, get up. I said, but why aren't you getting up? He's like, you take longer. Get up. 
I'm nearly done. And I'm going, come on, get up. Men are so easy, honestly. It took him two minutes. But I truly believe that the Holy Spirit wakes us up. And in moments in life where you are just, you're with someone and you're talking, you're having coffee and the conversation's going south and all of a sudden it becomes a bit negative and you feel like the enemy's at work and you feel the Holy Spirit nudging on your heart saying, do you really belong here? Do you have those moments in life where you are just doing things you shouldn't be doing and the Holy Spirit reminds you, you shouldn't be here? Someone once shared a powerful testimony, it stuck with me forever. And he is actually a pastor of a church in his early days of ministry. I think before he became a pastor, he had a problem with pornography, right? And so he'd walk into the news agency and he'd kind of just walk to the magazine area and just have a little look. And he, the Holy Spirit spoke to him in that moment and he said, I'm with you. And in that moment of saying, I'm with you, do you know that Jesus goes everywhere with us? You can't hide from his presence because really if we believe and his spirit dwells within us, isn't that a great thing? Praise God. There's a conviction that comes in the decisions that we make because God is trying to protect us from the enemy. People think, oh, you know, church, Christianity, you know, whatever. There's no fun in that. I just want to live my life, have a good time. But we know that sin is only pleasurable for a season. And in that season of having fun, you will lose yourself. And then you'll realize coming back to the cross that why, why God only wants to protect us, church. He puts boundaries and perimeters in place to protect us because we are a holy people. And Jesus is a holy God. And when I read the word, I think, Jesus, why did you give up all of your glory in heaven to come down to earth? But praise God, he did it for us. He reconciled us. Do you know that that word reconciled us? It means joining together, partnering together. That once was lost is now found. That once that was blind can now see. God, he reconciled us to the Father's heart, which only could come through the lamb that was slain for you and I. Oh, I'm so excited. Come on, the word is so exciting. Nothing excites me more. You know, some people are into their master chef or their bachelor or all their series, their Netflix, all of that. Do you know, nothing excites me more than the word of God. Do you know why? Because we can have it. Because we are one with him. As much as you want to receive, you can. But you've got to believe it. You know, when we hear things like the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and I. You can lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. You can cast out demons and they will flee. Now that's a bit crazy, isn't it? That surely that is only for the bold and the courageous. No, it's for anyone who has the spirit of God living within them. But do you believe it? 
Just like that criminal on the cross in a moment of believing in him, the promise was returned. When we read the word of God and we believe it, it comes alive. You know, it may not change the world, but it changes your world. It changes your perspective. It changes your lens, the eyes that you look out of. I no longer just see the world or people in this way, but I see it from God's heart. You know, I have compassion on people because I see they they maybe didn't choose that life. Maybe they were born into a family that, that they actually, you know, deserve to be in a family or have a mother or father that actually truly loved them and confessed that love to them. Maybe even the room today, you grew up in a, in a home where you didn't even want to be. That wasn't God's heart, but it was how it happened. And praise God, he can work all things together for good. We're not here to cry me a river. We're here to go and have compassion on those who are without the love of Christ, without the hope of Christ. I don't know how people do it. I don't know what people, honestly, people must be racking up huge counselling bills because God is free. (laughs) He's the free gift of salvation and he gives us the best advice, amen? But do we want to receive it? That's the question. You know, he wants us to be united with others, which was so important, and united with himself, I want to end here as Caleb comes. Can I finish strong? Okay, is he speaking to someone today? Come on, it's we are becoming one with him. Yes, we are one in in the, the spiritual condition that he saved us from, but in the likeness, you see, in the beginning, God created um, God created man and woman, and he created us in his image and likeness. So he created us in his position. You know, we all came from heaven. Did you know that? Where did you come from? We came from heaven. Which means when we get to heaven, it's going to feel like home. Is that exciting? Come on, where would you come from? You may not remember because it's okay. Dimensions have been removed from us on this side of heaven. But... We came from the very heart of God. We came from that place. And that's why he says that we are seated in heavenly places. Sometimes we don't position ourselves in heavenly places. You know, some of us in our work or whatever it may be, our family, we're just in that and we've just got to roll with the punches. But we can alter our attitude, right, and our response to what we go through in life. And that's my prayer for you today, is that you would know that you have the Spirit of God within you. And He says to manifest the fruits of the Spirit. Some of us have the Spirit of God within us and manifest all kinds of evil things. And it's because we're not spending enough time with God. We think, you know, church on a Sunday is enough for me get my dose of Jesus and I'm ready for the week. In the last days, people will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. In a world where entertainment is at your hand, the world wide web, you don't think the enemy's going to set you up for a fall? 
course. It's easy. It's accessible. I think about our children today, young kids on phones, you know. They can access the whole world on here. But God gave us a spirit of self-control. The world would say, I can look, but not touch. God would say, don't look and you won't touch. Has someone ever said to you, don't look? What's the first thing you want to do? Look. Because it's our natural response, our flesh, it desires the things of this world because this is our habitation, this is, this is the world we live in, you know. We don't get to choose what's on TV or, or sometimes what music is on the radio, but we can take control of our environment. If we are seated in heavenly places, then you need to create a heavenly place around your home. You need to put worship music on and praise music on where you wake up and you're not listening to the filth or the radio or the negativity that comes through, but you are surrounded by that heavenly realm that you've invited into your house. It's the same with the friends that we choose, right? Some of us just need to say, hey, I need to take a break. Because... You're rubbing off on me. You know, my dad would always say, the church is the filling station. The world is the spilling station. Do you love that? The church is the filling station. If we can't love one another in here, we will never love anyone out there. If we can't pray for one another in here, even though the word says go lay hands on the sick and they will recover, when was the last time you did that? Maybe never. But you have the same power that raised Christ from the dead. If we can't pray for one another in here, we will never pray for someone out there. If we can't practice hospitality in here, we will never invite a stranger into our home. Are you thankful the Spirit of God is in this place today? And we just want to be like you, Jesus. I used to wear a bracelet and it would say WWJD. I wore it throughout my high school years and I would look down when someone would say something or, or they would call me Virgin Mary. How rude is that? How brutal are kids? I mean, adults, don't get me started. But kids, they would pick on me and say, Virgin Mary. And I was like, do you know what? That's a compliment. Thanks. Kids are brutal. But I would wear this bracelet, what would Jesus do? And I would look at it and it would be an attitude check. How would Jesus respond right now? I went to a conference a couple of years ago and he said, do you remember those bracelets, WWJD? And I was like, yes, you know, I was like crazy. Yeah, that was me, I can relate. 
he said, well, do you know what? It's not WWJD. And I was like, he said, it's WWJT. What would Jesus think? That's for the deep Christians in this place today. Do you know that every action starts at a thought? God says you have to renew your mind. You've got to get out the stinking thinking, the comparison, which is the thief of joy. And you need to fill yourself with the words of me so that we can be one. Do you love that? It's powerful. I wish I knew that in high school. I had all kinds of thoughts going through my head. But to know, what would Jesus think? We could sit on that for a couple of hours. Is anyone... Come on, could we stay back? What, would, what was Jesus thinking? I know what he was thinking. Holy is my Father. Holy is He. You know, Jesus, He had to get away from the disciples and the, and the multitudes and the crowds to go and pray. Now, if Jesus had to go and pray, what does that say for us? We can just think? No. We have to position ourselves in prayer where God says, ask and you will receive. If you are going through a tough time right now, or maybe your other significant half is not even saved, ask and you will receive. They are watching you. People are watching us as Christians and followers of Jesus. They want to see if we are the real deal or if we just put on a show or if we just put on a facade and we come to church and then out there we blend in with the world. We are meant to be living on the cutting edge. Ready, sharp. Come on, because the Word of God is active and sharp. But if we don't have the Word of God within us, we've got nothing to give. I pray today you would know who you are. You are one with Christ. Jesus said, why would I take them out of the world? How's my message going to be carried to the ends of the world? I need to send an advocate. I need to send a comforter. I need to send someone who is me. Come on, do you believe the Holy Spirit is God? Yes. So Jesus could only be in one place at one time. He had to go to be with the Father. But He said, if you would just call upon the name of Jesus, you will be saved and you will be filled with the Spirit of God. What are you filled with today? Are you filled with self or are you filled with the Spirit of God? There is no power in self. They started this movement, self-love. Sounds good. But how can you love yourself without the Spirit of God? 
How can you love yourself when you don't even know yourself? How can you love yourself when you don't even know who created you? Self-love comes through Christ because He created us fearfully and wonderfully. He put His stamp on you when you were born. He anointed you. He appointed you. He called you. Oh, does that not make you want to just carry your head high? They put models on a runway. But life is meant to be a runway where we represent Jesus everywhere we go. What are you going to do for God today? This is a challenge. What are you going to do for Jesus today? It's a challenge. It's not, it, maybe it's loving your kids. Maybe it's being a great wife. Maybe it's staying back today and just meeting someone you don't know. But what are you going to do for someone who doesn't know Jesus? Do we have the fear of man or do we have the fear of God? That one day when we stand before Him, He will say, well done, you good and faithful servant. People live their whole lives pleasing people. And at their funeral, they have less than five people. What a shame. You can invest into people, which is awesome. But if you don't have the power of Christ behind it, what does it mean? It's fleeting. Life is a vapor. Come on, the older you get, the quicker it goes, right? Yeah. Where is time going? I tell you what, we're here for a purpose. Don't let the enemy stop you in your tracks. Can we just imagine for a second, I'm sorry if it's your first time in church today, but I want to teach you something today. Is that okay? (laughs) All right. There's a realm that we can't see. There's a spiritual realm that we can't see. You just need to drive through Northbridge on a Friday and Saturday night to know darkness. There's great, great darkness. And you want to know something? The enemy comes out at night. That's why God says we are children of the light. We are children of the day. You know, when Caleb and I were dating, we had to set strong boundaries. Caleb would always say, nothing good happens after 10 p.m. And that's true. That needs to get earlier. Nothing good happens after 8 p.m. Come on, if you want to go on a date with someone, go for breakfast. No night, no night dates. I hope this is, this is free counselling for you today. If you want to go on just a coffee date with someone... Breakfast or brunch is your hour. Because you don't have the enemy sitting on your shoulder going, come on, get in the car. Then what's going to happen? Goosebumps. I felt something. Was it the Holy Spirit? 
no, was the flesh. But after breakfast, look, you can get to know someone, how they like their eggs, you know. And then you can say, have an awesome day, you know, be blessed. It's a safe zone. There are safe zones. Do you like that? Breakfast. All the fathers in the house are like, yeah, that's great. Make sure my daughters, you know, breakfast only. Because the enemy, he goes around like a roaring lion. We think he's a lamb, you know. He's a, oh, seeking who he can tempt, seeking whom he can catch, the vulnerable, the weak. And just to put this out there, women, we are weaker than the men. And that is why we give in easy. That is why God, when he calls the the husband to be the head of the home, as a protector, as someone who can lead, men, work on your leadership. Not in a demeaning way or an authoritative, no, but in a covering. Just as my father, I was one with him. He was my provider. He was my caretaker. He was my bank yeah, every time I'd get a bill, Dad, you know. He'd go, Carlia, why do you always call me when you need money? He said that a lot. I'd say, Dad, it's not like that. He said, it is, but I love you. Have a good day. Love you, Dad. He was my strength. But the Word says, you have to leave your mother and your father Leave and you've got to cleave to your husband. The first two weeks of marriage was hard for me. I called my mum a thousand times a day. I don't think I can do this, mum. You know, I'm just feeling it's unusual. It's different. It's, you know, she's like, Carly, you'll get there. Eight months into marriage, I fully and am still learning. And I totally respect and understand why God said that. Because we're one and I'm becoming like him. I can't do that and hold on to what was. I have to let go and let God. And it's the same with our walk with Jesus. A lot of us want the gift of salvation and eternal life and the blessing and the promise, but we want to hold on to those things in the world. Foul language, foul people, gossip because it's comfortable it was our home but we've been brought into heavenly realm in heavenly places with a heavenly people do you love that this is a safe place the church is a refuge it's a home it's a heavenly realm we would like to thank you for listening to this sermon. We pray that it has left you feeling inspired in your walk with God. If you would like to hear more sermons, we encourage you to follow us on our socials at Sunrise Church Perth to stay connected. Have an amazing week.